everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy Me, the podcast. I'm Connie Today I'm talking with Dan Eisner. He's a psychiatric occupational therapist at University of Maryland Medical Center. He's a certified coach, and he's the author of the popular blog, Energizing Healthcare. Dan has been inspiring thousands of people with his unique blend of services, which is a little bit different from, I think you'll see, from other coaches. Um, it includes a basic understanding of mind-body science, emotional intelligence, and practical spirituality. It's so right up my alley. Dan passionately believes that everyone already has their own answers, but understands that most people are too stressed and distracted to access their own wisdom on a regular basis. He teaches the practical applications of how to stay clear clear and focused. Oh my gosh, Dan, that is so needed these days. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. I had such a rough day yesterday. My son went back to college and it wasn't the first year and I was an emotional wreck. I'm so happy that you're here and I can just enjoy your energy. <laughs> I and, and when I have a day like that and I interview somebody, I'm just like, what the heck? Let me just get to the point. Tell me, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> what is it, Dan? Dan Eisner, tell me. Just well, make it simple. You know, the, the meaning of life is you know, is really as simple as really being here and experiencing life to the highest degree. Yeah. Now, what prevents us from doing that as human beings, and you may have heard of this before, we often get so caught up in what we're doing you know, that we forget how to be. So we kind of become, you know, human doings. Let's doing. Exactly. Because, you know, we're, we're conditioned to believe that something, you know, down the road is going to offer us that, you know, that fulfillment or that, you know, we're very uh, conditioned to seek external pleasure and gratification because we think that's somehow going to make, you know, everything in our lives okay. When, intuitively we all know that it's only when we really kind of stop and smell the roses and we're really just here in the moment and we're not wanting or needing anything else is when we actually feel the most fulfilled um, but it's just part of our conditioning is to be seeking outside that's just it's not only the conditioning in our own body but we're talking about you know thousands of years of human evolution we've gotten to this place where you know, clearly, well, things are moving faster and we're starting to recognize that the, this way of, of living is really is becoming very outdated. And that's mm -hmm. why we're seeing so many, you know, big changes in, in the way businesses are operating. And, you know, one, one of my favorite examples, if you look at the difference between an airline such as Southwest versus, you know, United, you can see they're operating under a different paradigm. Um, United is kind of sticking to the old, you know, the old, whereas, whereas Southwest is really much more about customer service and really giving people a good experience. Mm -hmm. You know, all the attendants are always fun and, you know, those, those kind of things says a lot about, I think, where our culture is, is kind of heading. So That's, that sounds awesome. But how do we as individuals get to the point where we're not so frenzied and frantic and we can really tap into that inner knowing that you say we all have yeah well that that's you know that's a great question and i love and i i apologize because i can't remember who said this quote but i love this quote which is the most important thing is to remember the most important thing okay 
Now, I think we could all agree that the most important thing is really having peace of mind. You know, we might say, well, the most important thing is for my job or for my relationship or whatever. However, if we dig a little bit deeper, you know, we'll see that we only want the job or the relationship because we think it's going to bring us that internal peace. And so, again, that's just a subtle little way that we tend to be externally focused. And so, but what we really want is that internal peace. And so, um, but, you know, I like to ask people, I'll ask you, you know, how often do you get up every day and remind yourself of the most important thing today is for me to be at peace? Hmm. Yeah, I haven't done that maybe ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. I mean, I, I, I believe that. Yeah. But I don't know that I've actually consciously said that. Right. So, okay. And again, that's just, you know, recently I was giving a talk and it was a pretty large audience and, and nobody raised their hand to that they do that. And so, again, it just speaks to uh, just how externally focused we are. And so this is really about a training and attention. This is really, that's, that's really what it boils down to. Um, you know, and I'll sometimes we'll, uh, well, sometimes I'll ask people, so what, what makes you feel good? Okay, and they might say, well, you know, my dog makes me feel good. Or um, playing tennis or playing basketball or listening to music. And I like to make it very clear that it's not really the entire truth. Because we've all had experience where we were playing tennis or with our dog and we were distracted by something else. And I'll ask you, you've got this beautiful dog up there. Mm. If you're in a lousy mood and your dog is around and you're not attending to your dog, does she make you feel good? Mm. No. She reminds me that she needs attention. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like to make it clear that we only feel good when we're really in the present moment and we're not distracted by anything else. Now, dogs for example, are a great model of what it is to really be in the moment. So they're, they're great teachers for us. However, I'd just like to make it clear that, you know, us feeling that... My dog is barking yeah, right now. Can you hear that? I can hear her. She knows we're talking about <laughs> On her. cue. Yeah. So, yeah, but i just like to make it clear that, that um, you know, us feeling that presence and that peace of mind is dependent on nothing else other than paying attention to the moment. But if we're not getting up every day and we're not making that our highest priority and we have, we're screwed. (laughs) And, you know, we have, you know, there's so much distraction in our environment from Facebook to Twitter to television to email to this. You know, I heard a statistic that a television show changes its direction of the camera 20 times per minute. I know. I, it's funny because I, I do a lot of editing and I count the seconds per edit and generally it's four seconds or less. Yeah. So there's no wonder there's so much ADD, ADHD. Yeah. Well, and they, they have to do that to, to keep our attention. So um, so you ask, well, how do we stay there? Well, we have to make it a priority and every day get up with the with the primary intention of really being in the moment, not being in the moment to get some external reward, but being in the moment, period. Right. Okay. And then from that place, then if we bring that into whatever our, whatever we're quote unquote doing in our lives, what we do in our lives carries so much, a much greater, you know, power. 
I, I read a lot of different, you know, obviously types of uh, material. And one of my favorite books along this line is Eckhart Tolle's book, mm, um, A New Earth, you know, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And, and in that book, he describes that, you know, everyone has an internal purpose or a primary purpose and then a secondary purpose. And everybody's primary purpose is exactly the same. And that's to be, okay. period. And then everybody has a secondary purpose. And so, uh, you know, whatever, what's to be a writer or to be a, you know, a coach or whatever that is for that person. Now, we all know of people that have a lot of external success in mm -hmm. their lives, and yet they're still not satisfied. And, well, the reason that is is because they've gotten so focused on their external purpose or their secondary purpose that they've forgotten about how to, you know, what, about the primary purpose, which is just to really be here in the moment. And I am a, you know, prime example of this. I really, for, for quite some time, I really became, you know, very addicted to, to this role I play as a therapist and, and a coach. And I was so um, intent on helping other people and on really doing my best to, you know, fix other people and that kind of thing mm -hmm. that, um, I often forgot about, you know, myself in the process. And, um, you know, and I'm not saying I didn't do, you know, some good work uh, when, you know, when I was doing that. However, you know, we have to think about anything we do really becomes like a drug. And so my first kind of inclination well, to if this. if it feels good. Right, if it, it feels good. Like so, you know, if you think about, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll ask people to envision, say, say you have a gas tank. And that gas tank has some holes in it. Okay, well, we all have a personal boundary with our, our personal gas tank with energy. Well, if we have holes in our, in our gas tank and our boundary, you know, that energy is leaking out. Well, part of the human tendency is, well, we look outside for something to make us feel better. So it could be, you know, it could be alcohol or a drug for some people. It could be uh, shopping or it could be food. It could be something, however, that you could say is really healthy, like, you know, working out or, or helping other people. However, you know, what's really most important is not what we're doing as much as the energy or the intention behind what we're doing. And so a lot of people, and I, and I know this from my own experience and um, in my own life and in working with a lot of healthcare professionals, if you ask most people, well, why are you doing your job? You know, the sort of the pat answer is, well, I want to help people. But, you know, if you if you dig a little bit deeper, that's not really the entire truth. You know, the entire truth is, well, I want to help people to make myself feel feel better. Feel better right. right. And so I did this for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. there's no judgment. there, right? Yeah, it, it's OK. However, it's something that we have to pay attention to, because just like a drug, we're going to get to the point where that's not. You know, enough. enough. And so, mm -hmm. my first experience of this was several years ago. You know, I'm in Mexico on vacation with my family, and I found myself feeling a little bit depressed because uh, here I am in Mexico, yeah, a margarita, and I don't feel good. What's wrong with that yeah. picture? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, because and I and I realized because it's like I wasn't getting my my fix, and I and I remember thinking, wow, I could be like Tony Robbins, and I could be helping. 50 million people across the planet and it's not gonna it's not gonna fulfill fulfill me and so 
Um, it was around that time that I started to recognize that I need to take a closer look at, you know, again, the energy, the intention behind, you know, what I was doing. And so literally I'd be working with somebody and I could, you know, there'd be an intensity in me. Like, I'm just, you know, like, oh, come on, get it, get it, come on, get it. You know, and I would you know, kind of get my, get my little fix. And again, it, the, the alluring thing about that is that it kind of works, right? In the short term, you know, we, we, you know, we get some gain from that. However, if we don't kind of learn to, to give that up, um, it, it's one of those things that can really be very challenging because we become dependent, you know, on the external environment. Now, when we start to make internal peace and really, again, we focus in on that primary purpose of being, okay, now, again, not being to get some reward, but gently just be here. Then we recognize, wow, I, I already feel great now. And so if I'm working with somebody and I already feel great now, you know, I don't really need them to get it to make me to feel better. But then the irony is that they tend to get it a lot better than when I was trying and kind of needed that. Yeah. And so. And why is that? Why is that? Is that because the vibration, the energy is elevated to a certain point that everything is yeah why does that happen like explain to my yeah. my logical mental self well you know one of the one of the i think the greatest understandings is that um you know we're we're actually made much more of energy than we are physical matter mm. and so you know i love to ask people you know what most people they know what it's like to be in the zone and so I'll say, well, what are you thinking? And most people will say, well, you know, I'm not really thinking anything. And you know, how do you feel? Well, I feel great. Well, you know, what happens to your sense of time? Well, it's gone, you know. Well, what happens to any pains in your body? Well, it's gone. And so I explain that the reason, you know, we feel so great when we're in the zone is because we're actually being much more energy then we are just physical matter, physical material. And so the more that we show up that way, um, the more energy we are, the more energy we're bringing, that, that presence, that energy alone, much like a friendly dog, is very healing. It's not something that we can really describe with words. It's just something that we all know what it's like to be around someone who just carries a great energy or, right. or a friendly dog. There's something, you know, beyond words that, that really speaks to us. And, and, and it kind of cuts through our human dramas and, it help, and helps us to connect kind of to that, that greater part of, of who we are. And the implications for that for healing are incredible. And in fact, you say in, in, I think it's your blog, that the future of healthcare is in consciousness. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, I um, you know, there's so many wonderful uh, things, modalities out there from, you know, acupuncture to yoga to meditation to qigong and there's so many wonderful things out there however we've all experienced you know something like we go to a yoga class and we feel awesome it feels fantastic and then like an hour later you know the phone rings, the phone rings the and whatever and then we sort of lose it well the idea is that if we go if we're using these modalities but we're not making it a priority to stay conscious then our little monkey mind, our very busy minds, are going to 
basically we're going to create a lot of stress and we're going to close up, you know, areas that we might have opened, you know, simply by our, our thoughts. Um, what, you know, the latest advances in neuroscience have made it very clear that our thinking and our emotions are very much connected. And so every thought, you know, we have carries a, a vibration or, or an energy. And so as an example, if I, if I'm like a road rager, you know, and I, and I get in traffic and I start to experience some anger or frustration. Well, if I'm not staying conscious and I start to you know, react, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, why, why did I go this way? And I start with that sort of dialogue. Well, literally I'm now flooding myself with more emotion. And then because I'm feeling more frustrated or more angry, now I'm going to be thinking more frustrating thoughts which is going to create a more frustrating, more frustration chemicals and emotion in my body. And then that's going to be that cycle that's going to... It's hard can, to shift out of that. It's hard to shift out of that. Going into that. And, and yeah. And, and, you know, and then if we're, if we're in that and we're not aware of that, then we won't even notice, wait a second, I could really use a yoga class today or maybe I should sit down and meditate. We're not going to be as likely to to kind of be aware and to choose those actions um, if we're not staying conscious, if that makes sense. So what are the keys to waking up in the morning and choosing peace or leaving the yoga class and sustaining that amount of peace throughout the day, which extends to throughout our lives? Just what's the key? Yeah, well, and that, that's a great question. And, and typically when I work with people, there are three things that I, there's a lot of different tools and, and techniques that I offer, but uh, that I recommend, but there's three things that's that I would say are most important, and and the first thing is really being very clear about what our intentions are, and and really kind of like we said before, the most important thing is to remember the most important thing. So really having a list of primary intentions that we are literally reviewing every day, just to program them into our into our body is the most important thing. So as an example, for a while, you know, when I really started to become much more conscious about how important this was, I would get up every day and I would say to myself, you know, most important thing is for me to be a loving presence today. Okay, that is the absolute most important thing. That was one of my intentions another intention that's a really nice intention yeah. i never even thought of that one yeah i like that one <laughs> well and it's and it's great mm -hmm. too because you know part of our human conditioning is that we're going to get thrown off mm -hmm. however once i made that my intention when i got thrown off instead of beating myself up for being thrown off i was like no, no wait a second i could be more of a loving presence with my reaction which of course helped to reduce the length and the frequency of the of the reaction if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah. so that was one you know intention another intention was i want to be here be in the moment show up and then i want to serve my clients from a place of presence and that was another one that was really very helpful to me because you know, I had such a history of kind of being there, but secretly wanting them to get it and sort of being in the future and can't wait until that mm -hmm. comes, which would, of course, only draw my attention away from from really being as effective as I, I could be. So those are two kind of examples. But the point is, is that 
I would review those every single day. Okay, and now it's it's much more programmed in my body. It's not something that I have to, I still remind myself, of course, but the point is that's the most important thing is for us to really be very clear about what is most important to us, writing them down, and then making sure that we're reviewing them every day. And, and, just, and if we need to tweak them every so often, that's okay too. Yeah, right? exactly. Then then we tweak them, you know, as we need to. And, and that's a really good point too, because anything you, know, you can really, um, if we don't do that, if we're not conscious of that, um, and it can sort of become an addiction in itself. So as an example, right, right. you know, obsession. right. Obsession. If I, if I'm, I would probably do that. Probably. Yeah. Obsessive. Yeah. I mean, if I'm telling myself, if I'm reminding myself to, you know, relax, well, that, that could be a great affirmation. However, I have to get to the point where I stop reminding myself to relax and I just have to, Hey, I'm relaxed. Yeah. How'd that happen? Yeah. So, um, but that would be the, the first, the most important thing is just to really be very clear about what's most important and then reminding every day. Okay. Another one of my favorite things to do, and, and maybe uh, you, we can we can practice this right now, and anyone's listening can. So if you look at your hands for a moment, okay. now, and close your eyes. Now, can you put your attention in your hands? Or how can you know your hands are there without looking at them? Can you feel the energy in your hands? Okay. Now, as you're feeling the energy in your hands, see if you can say something really negative to yourself as you're feeling the energy in your hands, maybe a recurring negative thought that you get. See if you can say that while you're feeling the energy in your hands. Okay. You know, can, can you do it? Not really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing. I, I can, it, I'm saying it, but nothing's really changing. Right. It yeah. doesn't. So maybe even if you can say it, it doesn't have the same impact, right? Like it doesn't really affect you, would you say? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> That's pretty fascinating, yeah. though. Well, I still feel the energy. And so when you're feeling the energy or when we're feeling the energy, who do you think we're connected to? Our souls, our right. spirits. Who we are. Who we are. And so I once heard Eckhart. Great exercise. Yeah. You know, I once heard Eckhart Tolle say that, you know, I is the most misused word in the human language. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time when we say I, of course, we're referring to the mental image of who we are. Right. So I like to call this little exercise feeling I. And what I recommend actually is that. You, you get into that and you literally say to yourself or you say it out loud, you know, I am this feeling. This feeling is me. I am this feeling. This feeling is me. And what we're doing is we're, <coughs> we're connecting to the, I don't even like to say your energy because you are energy. So it's connecting to the energy that we are. And then we're consciously forming a connection in our brain that connects this feeling, our energy with our identity. And the reason we can't say anything negative is because the I that's saying something negative is not who we are. That's just our conditioning. That is fascinating. So, and that really works. Yeah. I hope you guys tried that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's cool. profoundly powerful. Yeah. And so, if we can, you know, Eckhart Tolle would call it anchoring in the body. If we just 
keep some of our attention in our body. And the hands are easy to do. The hands is an easy place it's to not, enter. It's for, you know, I try to do that like with my feet, for example, because yeah. I really try to come into my body like every day as yeah. much as I can. Can't Sometimes I just can't get all the way down to my feet, but I can always get into my hands. Yeah, and so that that's an easy entry point. So that would be the second most important thing. And I'll explain to people, there's really um, honestly nothing more important you can do than that. Because you can see, you can't. We can't say anything negative when we're connected that way. We can't. Yeah. So that will be the second thing. And then the third thing, and sometimes you know we can't do this right now, but you can try this. You know, in your own life. If, if I were, sometimes I'll have people. And I'll say, oh, go go ahead and take a walk around the room. And then they'll do that, and they'll come back, and I'll say, what'd you notice? And most of the time, they'll look at me like, well, like nothing. And um, the reason is because we're pretty mindless the way we we, we, don't, we don't really do very much with intention. So then I'll ask people, okay, this time I'm going to ask you to take a walk around the room again. Only this time, simply pay attention to your senses and see what you can notice with your intent, with, um, excuse me, with your senses. You know, with your what you see or heal or feel or whatever. I said, There's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, just pay attention. And it's fascinating to watch people do this because they'll come back and you literally will see more light in their eyes. And they'll come back and, well, I notice, you know, the sound of my footsteps or I notice, you know, a bird chirping outside or I saw a little, you know, little scratch on the wall, whatever it was. But what that, and I'll, and I'll ask them, so, well, what happened to the mental chatter when you were doing that? Well, it was gone. And so... The point of that is really just really conscious movement. Most of the time, again, we're just we're going from A to B. Mm. And we're just that we miss all the little joys of life that are on the way from A to B. And we've all heard that it's not the you know, the destination, it's the, it's journey. the journey. Well, if we're reminding ourselves just to stay conscious about the way we're moving, mm -hmm. that is profoundly powerful. And those so those are sort of the top three things. And, you know, as we discussed in the beginning, you know, everyone has their own answers. So we're just too distracted by our own, by our stress and the environment. However, if we're making this our priority to stay really connected with these things, well, then my guess is that, well, not my guess, I just see this in my own life and so many people that I work with, all of a sudden their own wisdom starts to come through and oh you know what I'm really I'm going to call that that coach or I'm going to start reading that book that I've been putting off or I'm going to take that meditation class in other words those things that we kind of know on some level right. start it just becomes much more easy to access and follow that because every moment that we're spending more connected to who we are our wisdom you know it's sort of like you know we're tuning in uh much more instead of listening to a radio station with a lot of static we're we're tuned in and so all of a sudden um, it makes it much easier for us to to do the things that we already know on some level that are in our highest and best interest and life does flow so much more easily yeah, yeah. so yesterday as i was experiencing this profound sort of sadness about my son leaving home again you know, we have days like that where we just have to feel. And I was in the moment. I was like, okay, I'm just going to feel this. 
and it was really sad and it was hard and I'm like should I just stay here or is there something I can do to so I I asked myself what should I do and I call your sister I got call your sister so I called my sister she kind of talked me down off the ledge and I felt better but still I was really I sat with it and can you talk about that a little bit like when we have things that come up in our lives you know we, we life is hard sometimes yeah. people die you know we have health issues and the things happen and we have to kind of feel it to heal it don't we yeah yeah i mean and that's that's a that's a great question and and uh it reminds me of a uh, uh, jill bolte taylor she's the author of um Stupid my stroke vincent insight, I love that insight. and I, I love one of her quotes that i heard her say which is uh, being at peace doesn't mean we're always in a peaceful state but that we can attach into a peaceful state in the midst of in the midst of the chaos of every day life. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people mistake this as we're always peaceful, we're always like, you know, we're always walking around happy all the time. And that's not really what it is. It's really just about being conscious about our, you know, about what's going on. Now the tendency is, you know, for us to judge our experiences. And so instead of just being like, well, you know, I just had my, my son left and it's okay for me to be. And his dog. And his and dog. he took that little puppy and I love my son, but I also really love that puppy. <laughs> I miss him so bad. Sorry. Yeah. So, you know, the tendency is is um, not just that it's okay that I'm feeling sad. It's like I shouldn't be feeling sad. So there's sort of a subtle layer of judgment mm-hmm. that we place on top of that that really makes things much more difficult than it has to be. And, you know, I know you might have heard of, you know, the Buddhist sort of teaching that, you know, the first arrow is that we have this human conditioning and that we're going to, you know, we get reactive. That's that's the first arrow. But it's the second arrow is the, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way or trying to, That's that's the, the layers that we put on top of it by trying to control our experience is what really creates the suffering. And, uh, you know, one of my actually just, in fact, I just wrote a blog about this um, just the other day that I I like to ask people. So, you know, you know how we say I I need space, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, if we really stop and think about what that, what that really means, we say I need space, we're kind of saying I, I need to get in touch with me and get out of my head is really what we're saying. And so if you can imagine, one of my favorite analogies, if you think about who we are as a huge open sky, okay, consists of mostly open space, or that's the greater part of who we are. The clouds in the sky are, of course, the emotions that we experience and, and it's sort of the content of our life. Now, what happens is when we start to get a little cloud because our son just went away with our dog or whatever it is, we, well, I'll I'll ask you, do we tend to zoom in on the cloud and forget about the space or do we tend to consider everything together? Well, I was zooming in on that cloud. But then after I talked to my sister, I was able to see the big picture and I'm like, well, I didn't sleep very well the night before because they were driving all night and I was worried. So there were a lot of other factors involved. Yeah. In the, yeah. yeah. So but, you know, our tendency is to, see the is to zoom in. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of science that shows and a great resource is called The Open Focus Brain by Les Femi. Fantastic book. He's a neurofeedback expert. And what his research has shown 
is that when we narrowly focus, that creates high beta brain waves, which is associated with stress and anxiety. When we learn how to open our focus, where instead of zooming in, we're kind of zooming out. Now, we're not ignoring, okay, we're not ignoring the clouds, so to speak. We're just recognizing, okay, yes, there, there's the clouds, but there's also the silence around it. And I can still, you know, feel the wind on my arms and I can, you know, hear my other dog barking or whatever it is. Um, in other words, we're zooming out and we're not just... What that does is it literally sends, it it gets the left and the right brain working in a state of coherence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I love, and his meditation, he he has these, he calls them brain exercises. I really think they're, they're really like meditations, but they're exercises where you, you literally are focusing on space. So he might ask you to imagine or feel the space that, you know, in the room where you're sitting as an example. Now, if, if we're trying to imagine or feel the space, is there anything that we can really zoom in on? No. No. And so what that does is it trains the brain to kind of relax, get more open, as opposed to, you know, zooming in. And so, and I think it's interesting because, you know, if, if we're, you know, if we ask ourselves, well, what's it like when we're in the zone? We're really in an open, focused state. So we're we're relaxed, yet we're focused at the same time. And so, um, you know, but the tendency is, as you said, is as soon as we start to feel something, well, I have to do something about it. I'm I'm feeling upset because my son, now I have to do something when that, and that's our human tendency when if we can just, you know, be with it really expand into that space and allow it to be there. You know, science has shown that an emotion is only going to last about 90 seconds if we're not adding on to it or suppressing it in any way. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that when we're trying to do something to get rid of it, as as alluring as that seems like it is, it's actually, in, in many cases, it's a subtle form of suppression, or trying to control. Now, you know, I'm not suggesting that that we shouldn't, you know, rethink the way we're thinking about things or call our sister or whatever it is. Those those things are really, you know, powerful. However, if we make it a priority to kind of get out into that space first, whatever action we take is going to carry a lot more power because we're we're allowing that we're allowing that energy we're literally energizing ourselves by simply being with it we're letting those clouds clear and then ironically things tend to get a lot easier if that makes sense that sounds so simple thank you dan (laughs) i i have i have the sneaking suspicion that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what people can expect if they come in and work with you and um somebody said that i think an hour with you is like a year on a on a shrink's couch or something like that yeah, yeah. I, I mean i get that kind of feedback a lot and I, and I don't say that to toot my own horn it's just that's the feedback that i get is this was more powerful than years with with you know traditional sort of models and and i mean the reason is because 
it's it's really based on on the latest advances in neuroscience and and also I, I really do my best to to model what uh, you know I'm I'm teaching and you know and I you know a lot of times I'll say it's like I'm not really even it's kind of ironic or paradoxical it's like I'm not kind of doing anything I'm just showing up and there's this power that comes yeah. through um, you know as our I know we have a mutual uh, Carl, who's a new mutual um, practitioner for us. I once heard him say, you know, he says, I don't, you know, my job is to show up and be the conduit for what takes place. And so he, he said when he said to me one time, you know, I take what I do very seriously, but I don't take myself seriously as the guy who's doing it. Yeah. And I, and I love that because it, for one, it's true. Another thing, it really takes all the pressure off because it's like, I'm not doing it anyway. I'm just showing up. And so I really tend to get very good response from people. And, and I make it very clear. It's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to be here and serve you. But I want to make it very clear that you're seeing yourself in me. It's not me. You have it in you. And we're just, it's not look what I'm doing, but look what we're doing together. That's cool. So we're just lifting each other up. And it's, 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 it just leaves me in awe. That's great. So, so if somebody is interested in working with you, how can they find you? Um, you can go to my website, which is uh, keyinsightcoaching.com um, is one way. And you can always always email me at dan at keyinsightcoaching.com. Um, you can also call me directly at 443-745-5951. And if you Google energizinghealthcare.com, you will see a link to the blog, which is actually on a uh, a site called Advanced for Occupational Therapy. Um, but you know, if you just Google that, you can find the blog there. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. This has been so enlightening. I hope you'll come back and we can talk more because I think we could talk for hours. I would love to. Yeah, I, really, I have a feeling. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me here. Thank you so much. Yeah.